on the wrestling podcast about nothing, let's talk merch. There's nothing like a good wrestling t-shirt, and we'll be discussing our favorite designs and the worst piece of garbage shirts as well. Hey, Mike, speaking of t-shirts, did you hear that there's a new Bouncers t-shirt over on the ROH Pro Shop? I, I did hear that, and I think we're going to hear plenty more about it in this episode. Plus, we're going to hear from you, Brian. Your holiday segment is back to jingle everyone's bells. The Holly Jolly Kingpin returns. Yes, and your promo about nothing and so much more. But first, tell him, George. I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. Wrestling fans, there are millions and millions of podcasts out there, but there's nothing like this one. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dementia? This is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Welcome to the wrestling podcast about nothing episode 138, a production of Crackpot Podcasts. My name is Mike Crockett. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast, currently on an extended hiatus from the ring. And joining me, as always, is a veteran of the New England Independent Mat Wars. Now, he is a Ring of Honor wrestler. He is Mr. Inside Edition. He is the kingpin, Flying Brian Malonis. Flying Brian. Well, you just came in, right? <laughs> Boy, my arm's tired. Yes. <laughs> just, I, I picked you up at the airport and. Brought you over here to get recording? <laughs> yeah, something like that. No, I, I yeah, I just kind of <laughs> snuck in here. You just came in right in the flight. This is Friday night. I did. Maybe my flight has something to do with uh, the breaking news we're going to break here, Mike. Oh yes, you did mention that on Twitter this past week. That I you did. Have... I did. I did fly in from the south. From oh really? I did. We'll talk about that in a second, I guess. But last week we talked uh, positivity. Here on the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. Well, some of us did. <laughs> one of us did. Brian Fury was none too happy, none too pleased, saying that I should have known that on a podcast titled Positivity, that at Croc Sox would be a complete negative troll. Formed zero opinions for himself, just whatever he reads. Most miserable person I know. You are. I'm going to use a reference that'll make you miserable, too. I was just watching a really great show, The Office, and I say you and Brian Fury. Oh, the UK Office? <laughs> No, I don't watch that. Oh, I'm, I'm from I'm from America. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> but uh, you you and uh, Brian Fury's relationship is very much like uh, Michael Scott and Dwight Schrute. Uh, Brian Fury playing the Michael Scott part, and you playing the Dwight Schrute part. You have eyes for him, but he he can't stand you. I don't understand your reference at all. But there's lots of good people listening to this podcast that understand the reference. Well, I, I'm sure that it is completely false and uh, fabricated, fake news, that whole deal. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Brian Fury, a little miserable. I'm just trying to have fun last week in the podcast here. There's not a ton to be excited about in WWE these days. I agree. So, <laughs> so that's I'm just having a little fun. I know Brian uh, knows where his bread is buttered, and he's not going to say anything negative. He's a shill for the company. Yes, about the uh, World Wrestling Entertainment there. Of course, as we are recording this, he is in Woober, Massachusetts, probably just uh, doing his final push-ups. Put, putting himself over for the title. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially. Probably by the time we're done recording, we'll know. Uh, we'll probably be able to... 
Maybe we can get him on the phone and talk to the world champion of chaotic wrestling for the first time. Oh, God. We're not going <laughs> to try to do that, are we? No, no, we're not. Okay. I might kick you out of my house before <laughs> that happens. But, uh, yeah, good luck to Brian. Well, by the time you're listening to this, you will know how Brian Fury did in his match with JT Dunn as he returns from his two-year retirement. They initially announced here on this podcast. I'm sure it'll be the, the fucking Mutual Admiration Society on Twitter either way afterwards. What, what are you are you mad? No, I'm not mad. Just that's you mad, bro. That's what pro wrestling does now. You wrestle somebody, then you got to go online and talk about them nicely. All right, so it won't keep people waiting any longer. Breaking news, Brian. Of course. Oh, we're gonna get into this now. Yeah, breaking news. Of course, people were speculating all week. We talked about last week. You put out a little uh, teaser on social media. Mike Doherty, Mike Diesel at Mike Diesel fifty seven said, uh, "Big news." I'm guessing he's going on a tour of Japan with ROH. Picture Dave, at picture underscore Dave, said I'm going to guess that Brian Malonis is booked for at the Garden, MSG. Looney Franco, at Franco173, says, are you getting a new host? (laughs) No, I answered that. I think that's the one I answered online. Yeah, you said you're contractually obligated. Yeah, (laughs) meaning your wife you know, pays me a pretty hefty sum to get you out of the house and out of her <laughs> hair for a little bit. I don't know what she's doing in the couple hours that you're here, but, you know. I, I don't know either. I, don't ask, don't tell. Well, I, I might have to skip out a little early and see if I can. <laughs> Just surprise? Yes. See what's going on over there. But a ton of speculation out there. Big news you mentioned. Is this breaking news? Is this breaking news? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Those are great guesses. Uh, those are all goals I have for 2019. That's not what we're announcing here today, though. All right, so everybody strap in, batten down the hatches. <laughs> here comes the big news from the Kingpin Brian Malonis. We're not announcing anything. It's, this has nothing to do with my flight home either. No? No. No, that's completely unrelated to that's more of the real life stuff. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so uh, I had mentioned, Mike, it's something that I had never done in pro wrestling before. Um, I've been around for 18 years. There, there's 18 now. Oh, well, uh, I just passed my the end my 18th anniversary, I guess. So I'm, okay. and I'm I'm at the beginning of my 18th year in pro wrestling. Perfect. There's not a lot on that list when you think. I mean, there is, but there isn't. You know, uh, on that list. But it's something I'm very excited about. Something I actually didn't think I would ever do, uh, oddly enough. And just something that an opportunity came up. I really thought about it, and I was like, this could be really cool. This is could be really exciting. So, Mike. It's been teased online by me and by someone else. I don't think anybody's connected the dots yet, so I'm going to connect the dots right here, right now. Me, the Kingpin, Brian Malonis, I am partnering with Liberty States Wrestling to promote a show. How about that, Mike? Why the hell would you go do that? Because <laughs> it's, it's it's a great opportunity. It's it's to, So uh, here are the full details. Okay. It's going to be in March, March the 30th, a Saturday night. And it's going to be in conjunction with Pinkerton Academy. It's a high school in my hometown of Derry, New Hampshire. My, you know, I, I, Not where I grew up, but this is my hometown now. So we're going to partner with them to put on this show that is going to be a fundraiser for Pinkerton Academy. And um, very exciting stuff. Uh, I, again, I never thought in a million years that I would that I would run a show but uh, partner with Todd Sopel local independent wrestler great guy who runs Liberty States wrestling and uh, it was just a very casual conversation we had that kind of sparked the whole thing talking about oh nobody really runs shows in New Hampshire's and this and that and it kind of morphed I want to talk about that online recently I've seen people 
wanting more shows in New Hampshire. It's because of the athletic commission, really. Right, right. That can add some layers to... Um, a little difficulty, yeah, some, com- some extra compl- hurdles. Some complexities, yeah. Yes. So, so I mean, the good thing is when you're partnering with somebody like Pinkerton, you know, it, it's it's a good resource to have. It gives you credibility, gives you some ends probably, <laughs> you know, yeah. business relationship or, or, you know, or clout, I guess. Pinkerton Academy is very well respected in the town of Terry so, and, and in the state of New Hampshire. It was very kind of just innocent conversation that kind of just morphed into Todd mentioned like, hey, I have a contact at Pinkerton. There's, we've been talking about this. And I said, well, hey, set up a meeting. Let's go talk about it. Um, probably about six months ago now. Um, maybe a little less than that. So it was over the summer sometime. Uh, met with um, you know our contact there. Had a very uh, had a very great dinner. A couple of drinks. Discussed the specifics. Todd went and uh, talked to them last week because I was away on travel. And so now we're now we're locked in, baby. Saturday night, March the thirtieth, Derry, New Hampshire, Pinkerton Academy, Astromania. Astro because of the Pinkerton Astros. So Astro Mania, it's going to be very excited. Partnering with uh, Liberty States Wrestling to help promote this great event. Uh, I mean, other than obviously me and Todd are going to be there, but no talent announcements yet. You know, but that'll be forthcoming in the in the weeks and months to come, and we'll probably break some news. We might even have Todd on to talk about this show. This is going to be a big deal. This is a really big deal for me, and uh, uh, I'm really excited. When are we going to have uh, tickets on sale? To be determined. I mean, we're still. I mean, this this is December. The show is three, four months away. Make great Christmas present if you can get it all together. <laughs> they won't be a sale for Christmas, but uh, uh, probably tickets and sales sometime in January, uh, as well as starting to get like talent. Well, I, I do want to get some talent announcements out first. Uh, I will say that we do have like ninety percent of the card locked in. You know, exciting stuff to come. Uh, we obviously want to do a big, uh, you know, build up, big ramp up. Uh, you know, maybe some negotiations with a with a certain referee. I know. Oh boy! <laughs> but, hey, there's no excuses, Mike. You got three months to get in shape. <laughs> new year, new me. <laughs> yeah, me, me too. <laughs> <laughs> got things to do. Yeah, I mean, you know, you can you can bring your kid, you can bring your wife. They can see you do your thing. It'll be a great time. It'll be lovely. So Liberty States Wrestling in partnership with Kingpin Productions. <laughs> sure. Not not Crackpot Productions. No. Kingpin Productions. Yeah, it's, it's something I'm very excited about. I've never done it. Never thought I would do it. Uh, having said that, this is not going to be the start of like me running a promotion or anything like that. Uh, I mean, the ultimate goal is like, hopefully this is a big success for Pankerton. Hey, maybe this is something we can do come back and do you know every year if it's a great success so um obviously when the time comes and tickets are on sale we'll obviously be talking about it announcing it a lot on this podcast and uh and if you're in the area you know hopefully people will come out and and support this venture support what we're doing and uh support pinkerton you know if you, I, don't, I don't know how many listeners we have in the dairy community but uh yeah I'm, I'm really excited about it though um you know i've reached out to some talent and uh some un, some unusual talent or some unsuspecting talent that's uh mixed results so far on uh some of the surprises i'm really? trying to okay. work on but uh we'll see what we can make happen it's going to be a great time the wrestling podcast about nothing presents <laughs> liberty states wrestling are you gonna lay out the sponsorship money well, I figured maybe nah, I'm sure the podcast. Yeah, maybe we get a deal. Well, I mean, you're going to be designing the graphics. So, I mean, part what? <laughs> uh, what? Uh, come on, you can't. You got to help me out here. 
Oh my goodness! You still haven't even done my damn eight by ten shit. I, I did you. download the pictures this week. Oh my god! We'll, Look at that. We'll work on putting graphics <laughs> on them. Eight months to down, download a picture. <laughs> we'll have the time for the big show, Astromania. <laughs> I, I, I sure hope so. So, um, yeah, very excited, Mike. Very excited, huh? How about how's that for breaking news, huh? That's not what I was expecting. <laughs> what are you expecting? Like I'm going to NXT, like everybody else is asking. Basically, me? no, no. I, I had other things in mind. But maybe there's other announcements coming too, or is this this is it? Uh, I mean, there's nothing imminent. You know, there's lots of goals and talks and ideas and thoughts, and we'll see what comes to fruition. You know, but uh, hey, I'm a free agent, Mike. You are a free agent. Like lots the, of that going around. That's the in vogue thing to say online. Yes. Like, so I've been a free agent for uh, you know now going on my 18th year. <laughs> Congratulations. We'll see if we can change that coming up in 2019. We'll see. If the offers are right. All right, so BrianMalonis.com. Speaking of uh, getting things going for the Kingpin, go to the website, get a T-shirt. Yeah, hey, maybe we'll get an Astromania T-shirt up there. That'll we'll, be something. We'll replace that current Trucker T-shirt. What? <laughs> never, 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 never. <laughs> yeah, head over to BrianMalonis.com. Lots of great T-shirts there. Sales are streaming in a little bit here and there now that we're in the holiday season, so I get the feeling that uh, some wonderful fans out there are getting the gift of the Kingpin this Christmas. And what about your other shirt, which we well, we did talk about at the beginning of the show. but I did, the RH Pro Shop, the Bouncers t-shirt. And Mike, I don't know if you saw this, another shameless plug. This coming Saturday, me and the Bruiser will be in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And you can meet us. You can meet and greet the Bouncers at the bar. Really? Yeah, so if, you, if you're going to be in attendance at the 2300 Arena, come meet the Bouncers. The Beer City Bruiser, Brian Malonis. Uh, I don't know if they'll have our T-shirts for sale yet. We'll have, uh, you know, we'll have them, but I, I don't know if they'll have them for sale in the pro shop. But very excited to do a meet and greet too. Uh, we only did one in New Orleans, so at Supercard. So uh, now to do this one, there's much less people, and and I think we have a really unique place to do it. And we're kind of trying to bring something unique. We're going to do it at the bar, have a photo op, autographs, the whole nine yards with the meet and greet. Should be a lot of fun. And that is the day after the final battle pay-per-view. Yes, sir. At the old DCW arena. Yes, sir. So how do people do you people sign up for that ahead of time? No, just when you when you're there in the building, you just, you know, pay your money and meet the stars that are out. All right. Well uh, I'm getting out there, Mike. You're getting out there. Congratulations. <laughs> Good for you. So we went old school this past week on the wrestling podcast about nothing. Twitter at the WPAN. We used to do it every Thursday where we'd uh, go off on one single topic on the old BDA bonus show that hasn't uh, happened in a while. We did that for a year, and uh, that's been about a year since we haven't done that. If you want to go back, you can check those out uh, in the archives, if you will. Or Some good stuff in there. Yeah, or go to the WPAN.com. Some of them are there as well. WPAN. Not, not all of them, <laughs> but uh, some of them are there. So, yeah, there's some good stuff in the BDA bonus podcasts. What is BDA, by the way? I don't remember. Belly down apparel? Uh, that's uh, That doesn't even make sense. That's uh, what it was. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so we put four topics up to a vote, as we used to do back in the day. And the winning topic was quite a surprise to both of us. Yeah, I thought for sure it was going to be 2019 breakouts. Yeah, we had favorite talkers. We had breakout stars of 2019. Favorite wrestling props was the other one. But the winning topic... This week, we're going to be talking about the wrestling podcast about nothing. You heard it in the open. Best and worst pro wrestling t-shirt designs. Yeah. And we had talked about merchandise probably a year and a half ago now. The first time we actually had 
the OVP guys from our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast on Joe Morata and Michael Quinn were our guests. We talked about merchandise in general, got into a little bit above the t-shirts, but now we're going to really just dive in and talk about uh, our favorites and the worst pieces of shit t-shirts <laughs> in wrestling history. But what do you think makes a good wrestling t-shirt, Brian? I mean, for me, something simple. Yeah. Um, I mean, sometimes just t-shirts get too crazy or too busy. I'm also kind of over the knockoff or ripoff like um, of wrestlers t-shirts right like wrestlers ripping off other wrestlers we'll get into that a little bit (laughs) once we get into the list but uh yeah i think something simple something original those always make up the best the best ones to me a good wrestling shirt is a shirt that you can just wear out and it doesn't stick out it's not like i mean it, it sticks out but it's not like what the fuck is that it's not the wrestler on your shirt right 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 <laughs> that is always terrible and like the i remember the first wrestling shirts i bought i went to my first show at, at boston garden i bought a powers of pain shirt and an ultimate warrior shirt remember the first ultimate warrior shirt with the the cartoon of the ultimate warrior yes. like standing there with the you white the white shirt i might powers of pain shirt my goodness yeah that was because i didn't understand that the powers of pain actually turned heel i thought they picked up mr fuji dusted them off i thought they were the baby faces and mr fuji had turned baby face the powers of pain shirt probably worth a couple bucks i think yeah i bet it is hmm it might be in a drawer somewhere look at the instagram wrestling for sale and see what some of these old t-shirts go for really incredible we were on Instagram as well, at the WPA. I know we don't really post as often as we should, but <laughs> follow us anyway. <laughs> yeah, really. It's not going to bother you or no, anything. No. We, yeah, we, won't, we won't bother you with actual content. Yeah. There's no reason not to. Uh, so, yeah, wrestlers' faces, like the, the full shot of a wrestler. Yeah. I mean, talking about, do you want to just get into one right now, like for the worst list? Because yeah. I mean, it's kind of a nice segue here. Do you like the all over shirts? No, those are terrible. <laughs> yeah, on the worst list. Yeah, that's I said. Was yeah, segue right to the worst. Yes, uh, the Bret Hart and the Razor Ramon ones. I was that's Razor Ramon was on my list. <laughs> yeah, just what you know, pink Bret Hart with his giant face and what to say, Hitman all over it, and then and then Razor Ramon giant face. Those shirts are hot garbage. The worst part of the Razor Ramon one is that of course it's yellow and it's his big face all over the shirt. And it says on it, oozing machismo. <laughs> I don't want the word oozing <laughs> anywhere on my wrestling t-shirts. All right? And probably going to get into some oozing a little later on. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure <laughs> we will. <laughs> but yeah, that raised, those all over shirts were just not attractive. Like like I said, anything with the wrestler's face, count me out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and those are, I mean they were the faces were giant. Obnoxious. Obnoxious. It was like it would go from like like their bottom, you know, and it was cuz it was only like a headshot of them. Yeah. It was like a full body shot, so it was like, you know, like their shoulders would be like at your waist and their head would be like the top of their head would be like almost up to your what? By the middle of your chest, right? Yeah. Maybe a little bit higher, but yeah, it was obnoxiously big. Like, where are you going to wear this thing? To a wrestling show, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you'd buy it, wear it that day, and then I, I'd almost accept like a child wearing it though, like you know, like a young child, like okay, but these were grown ass adult like t shirts, yes, like grown people bought these t shirts. Okay, let's get into one of the best then. Let's go from the worst. A little balance here. One of the best. You talk about simple. The, one of the most identifying features of the man were his sunglasses and the shirt. 
was purple was a, a like a not even a purple it was like a a not periwinkle but some like a light purple <laughs> did you say periwinkle <laughs> on this podcast maybe it's the color jesus christ it could be but it, it was the old school sunglasses with the words underneath block letters macho man this was an exception because it was a kind of a stylized image of the Macho Man within the sunglasses. This I can accept, though. I can wave my uh, <laughs> my uh, my rule for the wrestler photos in the shirt. But this shirt, like you said, simple design, striking, and one of the all-time classics. Yeah, well, I I have this shirt. Not not from the original runs, obviously. Yeah, they did uh, reprint them in the yeah. past few years. Yeah, yeah. There's still. I think they're. I think they're available online for sale, but. Yeah, I I have this T-shirt. One of my favorite on my list as well. The most iconic Macho Man shirt. I would I would oh, say yeah. there's not definitely not another. <laughs> oh yeah. Ooh. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, I'm not um, gonna go up Bruce Pritchard on this thing. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think I mean just a truly iconic shirt, and you know maybe not quite to the level of some of the other ones of that era as far as like from seeing it on television you know it doesn't like when i think of this the shirt design it's not one of the ones that like strikes is like seeing it a lot on television yeah um because i don't know I, I remember i remember seeing him in the catalogs wearing it the old wwf catalogs I remember, like you see like the the backstage promos yeah in front of like the wwf logo with you know with mean gene or craig DeGeorge or whoever else interviewing him a lot of the time he'd be wearing that t-shirt but yeah he didn't wear it out to the ring because of course he had the robes and all that stuff a lot of the wrestlers didn't wear it to the ring except for a couple we'll probably yeah. talk about especially in the 80s but all right so i'm, I'm gonna do something here mike i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of push the concept along here i'm gonna take one i'm gonna do one best one worst kind of one fell swoop here okay so i'm gonna go out and say and this is a this is a current shirt this is not a wwf shirt this is, in fact, a New Japan Pro Wrestling concept. And I'm going to say the Bullet Club t-shirts. Uh, and a design that has become iconic. Yes. Um, certainly one that they've been able to turn the design into individual t-shirts for the members of the Bullet Club that have all sold very well. But the shirt, again, it's a very pretty simple design. You know, no, nothing crazy going on. One color on black, white on yeah. black, which is, you know, a uh, tribute to something we're probably going to talk about later. Right. And something that wrestling fans tend to like, especially, you know, because a lot of them are <laughs> our size, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess. Dark shirts. Um, help. But yeah, I mean, they've done, I don't know how many iterations of this shirt between the original and then and then the guys who are in the Bullet Club, uh, whether it be the Young Bucks, Cody Rhodes, you know, Adam Hang Page. Page yep. Yeah, just, you know, all these guys have different shirts. And I mean, it, it's, a, I mean, you see a WWF show on TV and you're seeing Bullet Club t-shirts all over the place. Yeah. Uh, when we wrestled the Bullet Club in Philadelphia. We came out and I mean, just a sea of like the Bullet Club type t-shirts whether it's young bucks versions or cody versions or the actual bullet club versions or marty Skrull versions just everybody has this freaking shirt on yeah me <laughs> you know? I, me and um adult mark when roh was at the lowell memorial auditorium just uh, down the road from where i am and we were driving by the venue and just a stream of people heading towards the building Every single group had at least two or three Bullet Club shirts. Yeah, it was our, just our good pal Mucko had yes. Bullet Club shirts. <laughs> just unbelievable. And M I know Mucko, who had become super cynical with pro wrestling over the years, 
had really, yeah, he turned pulled, around. Pulled back in by the Bullet Club. Yeah, and uh, I remember Sonny Goodspeed, who was a guest a few weeks back on the podcast, posted something of someone that he worked with that had a Bullet Club... Um, like, like Beanie or whatever. Yeah, Bullet yeah. Club Beanie, and the guy had no idea who the Bullet Club were. He just liked the design. Yeah. I, I'm pretty <laughs> sure the t-shirt was in there. It was in some sort of video game like last year too. Really, the Bullet Club t-shirt. Yeah. So just and it's in the hot topic, so like people can just see it and say, "I like that," and yeah, pick it up. Incredible. Uh, so now I'm going to turn it on the flip side. Now I know where you're and, going, and that's everybody who has done some sort of goddamn version of the Bullet Club ripoff t-shirt, and I'm talking about like all like the indie guys and stuff like that. It's not original anymore. It's kind of silly. Please, just for the love of God, stop it because it stinks. Like I, I don't know how else to put it. Like, and and I know people who 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 have done it. And, oh yeah. And I'm sorry if they listen to this and get mad, but uh, just come up with your own damn original idea and and <laughs> do it and do it. You know, like they're just trying to piggyback. I mean, I, it's understandable they're trying to piggyback off the success of something huge. I mean, in the late '90s. How many different blank WOs were there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll get that's on my list too yes. <laughs> of worse. But yeah, I mean, and 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 I'm and I'm okay with parody shirts in general. Like if you're parodying something outside of pro wrestling, I, I don't know why. Like I'm okay with that. But if you're parodying something inside of pro wrestling, uh, and nothing has been done more than the Bullet Club thing, like it, it's just so weird to me that you're stealing something from within the realm that you're in it's one thing to i think be inspired by movies or television or cartoons or music or or whatever or or just if you want to do a parody of you know of something like that 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 makes sense in my brain it doesn't i can't i can't ever doesn't make sense to me to parody something within the same realm that you're in like just imagine if like wwe guys like hey i got this great i got the i got this great design i'm gonna do uh you know instead of suplex city it's gonna be attitude adjustment city you know like i, I don't know you know it's just it's that's to that level well it's just like borrowing someone else's moves say oh i'm gonna take that move and use it myself in my match it's a, it's a very similar thing that happens in wrestling i guess but yeah please guys just stop with the bullet club inspired t-shirts at this point just just now, now well now i'm sure everybody will rip off the elite t-shirt designs or whatever i'm sure uh, you talked about parody shirts and something you said it was okay to parody outside of wrestling yeah Other- that, that again in my brain that that makes sense well, one that was the worst to me, and actually he's a friend and he's been on this podcast, one shirt that I saw that I just never really got or really thought was, I don't know, I didn't like it at all. He's a guy who will be debuting soon in NXT. His name in NXT is Dominic Jack but he was known to us as Donovan Dijak. The everybody runs on Donovan or everybody runs on Dijak. I have that shirt. Dunkin' Donuts parody <laughs> shirt for Dijak. I uh, no. It just no. I thought for sure you were going with the, the weird Yoda one he had. <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's a Yoda one? Yeah, he has like a weird Yoda t-shirt. That's another one. We'll find that one and post that at the WPN on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, that, that's actually that's another one that's very popular with uh, the the indie wrestlers out there. Um, the whoever runs on, you know, it's the runs on Duncan thing. Yeah. But the, there's a million of them. That, oh, really? Yeah, there's a ton Oof. of them. 
That stinks. <laughs> How about a good one, Mike? Let's hear some yeah, let's positivity from positivity. you. Positivity. Yes. Go ahead. Oh, uh, me? Uh, oh, yeah. no. Oh, uh, I'll yeah, go. I wanted some positivity from oh, you. Oh, positivity from me. Okay. How about you talked about the Bullet Club? I mentioned it. Blank W. The NWO. Classic design. Mm-hmm. First of many <laughs> of the, <laughs> the NWO. I mean, just like you said, simple, striking, bold. It just worked. And like you said, it was ripped off and copied to no end <laughs> to no end you know you know one thing i will say though is, is even, even though it was a ripoff but it was within the realm of wcw the nwo logo was actually good when they turned it the red and black too i thought it looked yeah it looked it looked tremendous like, it really did and it was another really good looking good selling shirt the nwo shirts yeah classic look i've, I've still no actually that's not a lie i have an nwo shirt i just recently bought I bought me and my son NWO shirts. Okay, <laughs> get the band back together. Yeah, why not? Wow. But uh, yeah, the NWO still something that they. I mean, Jesus, they reference today. The Bullet Club obviously heavily influenced by right uh, by the NWO. Uh, but the T-shirt, yeah, again, simple, black and white. Something that's not so ridiculous that you can't wear it in public. Yeah, I mean, there's a few that are just so simple. You think they're so simple that you'd think like. Uh, Anyone could come up with this, but they just they just hit, and they're just at the right time, the right look. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think, but again, I think we're seeing a somewhat common theme, um, you know, with these shirts that they're not overly produced or not too much going on. So uh, I'm gonna br- the next one I'm gonna bring up, Mike. I'm gonna break your face on the t-shirt rule, okay? Because I really think this one is is really special, really great shirt. It's one that I've never had that I've always wanted. I don't know why that as a grown man that's gainfully employed, why I haven't just bought one for myself at this point. Probably because I have 17,000 t-shirts and I don't wear t-shirts too much unless it's on the weekends these days. Uh, and that's the, the Cactus Jack you know, wanted dead T-shirt. Yeah, um, that T-shirt is freaking tremendous. It's a classic. Uh, yeah, it, it's. I mean, it was a great design back then. It's a great design today. Um, I, I, I absolutely love it. The weird thing about that, I don't know where that originated because I know it's. It was he wore an ECW, but I don't think it was an ECW design. I think he might have had that independently designed. Uh, before you know, when he was an independent after WCW, because I don't, I don't think he wore it in WCW, but I think maybe WWF got the rights to it at some point. I'm thinking they, I'm thinking Mick Foley owns it because I'm pretty sure TNA sold a version of it when he was there. I've seen it sold like independently of. I'm pretty sure it's on Pro Wrestling Tees, Mick Foley's Pro Wrestling Tees site, and it's also sold via WWE too. So I'm pretty sure. I, I, I'm going to guess McFoley owns the, the rights to that design because I've seen it on WWE's website as well as other companies' websites as well. Okay, yes. I will allow the uh, the image on that shirt. That passes muster with me. So you're, you're, you're okay with the face on that one? Yes. How do you feel about uh, asses on shirts? <laughs> it depends on the ass. Oh, okay. Uh, you talking about the sunny shirt? No, no. Oh, okay. Um, Sable? Sli- slightly bigger ass. Okay. Um, um, hmm. Wearing a thong. Or a oh, thong like, oof. you know. Nothing wrong with that, uh, right? Right. You're thinking about it? Big, round. Yeah. Okay. Uh, thick. <laughs> Tell me about it. Full of dimples. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm talking about the Rikishi back that ass up shirt. <laughs> back that ass up, I believe. Oh, is. Yes. 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 I'm sorry. I mispronounced it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't own it? Uh, no. That's not one that's on the... Uh, that's been on the list. So yes, this shirt says "back that ass up," and on the back it says "Rikishi" across the shoulder blades, 
and down where the <laughs> buttocks is is a photo quality image of Rikishi's dimpled buttocks. Yeah, just what you'd want on a, a t-shirt. <laughs> uh, hopefully they made them in children's sizes too, you know. Throw it on your six-year-old and let him walk down the street with Rikishi's ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what a weird fucking concept. Like, I just, I mean, the attitude era, they just did anything. And it, I guarantee that t-shirt sold great. I don't know about that. But they definitely had some huge hits. And, yeah, it's it's kind of the thing where, you know, throw 50 things against a wall and, you know, three or four stick. They <laughs> yeah. just had all this money and they were just putting out T-shirt and T-shirt and T-shirt. Yeah, that's, that's not a cheap T-shirt to, like, print up. No. Like, with the color on it and the picture and it's two-sided. Like, knowing a little bit about, like, T-shirt printing and all that stuff now, like, that couldn't have been an, an easy or a cheap T-shirt for them to produce. No, and let's move on very quickly from Rikishi's ass. <laughs> let's talk about another one of the best. This one, old school, you know, not WWF, not WCW. I, I think this is probably an independent. I don't even think it was produced by World Class, but the Bad Street USA. Okay, yeah. Bad Street USA. The black with the red, like, yeah. On. Yeah, okay. From, uh, of course, the fabulous Freebirds, Michael Hayes. Did you get inspired by the uh, link I sent you today when I was on the way to the airport in Atlanta? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. But uh, yeah, this one, again, very simple design, but just pops. Just pops. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's you know, one that wasn't even on my radar. So good, you know, good obscure kind of pick there, Mike. And uh, again, with a common theme again, simple. It looks great. You know, not not too much going on. Some, and Bad Street USA is one. You could wear that anywhere. People don't even know yeah. what the hell it was. Exactly. But why don't you go back and give me another one of your worst picks? Uh, one I want to bring up here. To, it's it's These people might have a best of t-shirt as well. Maybe that's where I'll go next for my best of. But it's the Vince Loves Rooster. Another word for rooster yes. t-shirt. Like, what what the hell is that garbage? <laughs> this is one of the uh, DX reunions. Their one night only reunion that stretched out into like a, a year with uh, Triple H and Shawn Michaels. And there was a whole thing where, yeah, Vince Vince loves cock. Yeah, and they had the shirt and it's spray painted. Vince loves, and there's a stupid picture of a cartoon rooster on it. Like, I saw people wearing this shirt. I have physically really? have seen people wearing this shirt. I'm just like, of all the wrestling T-shirts you could get, like why, why would that be the one? And then like, what are you telling the world when you're walking around in public with that T-shirt? That whole run uh, when the DX reunion, there were some bad shirts. I remember another one which was like two cartoon figures of Triple H and Shawn Michaels with like. Their butts exposed. Something. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> that whole run, there was some poor choices made on uh, t-shirt <laughs> designs for DX. Hopefully, hopefully, you know, if Hunter's listening, he's not upset about me criticizing them too bad. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta cover all your bases there, Brian. I understand. I am a free agent. You sure are. Uh, I mean, on, just on the flip side, Mike, do you want to talk about the original DX shirt? It's tremendous. I don't yeah. know, hopefully, I didn't steal your thunder. No. Hopefully, it's not your number one. But... Sticking with the theme, Degeneration X, the X across it, you know, very simple. Well, I think on the the original ones have the two words "suck it" on the back. Yeah, and actually, the original one it wasn't the one that came to prominence. The original one was 
degeneration all lowercase with a red x in the background oh, but really? that one wasn't around for that long and then the the dx logo that everyone came to know and appreciate was shortly thereafter interesting i didn't know that but yeah that, that, that's the one i'm talking about the one that everybody knows great design i'm pretty sure like a nine or ten year old jimmy malonis had <laughs> that shirt i think chopping his <laughs> third grade teacher <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> so yeah i'm big brother of the year here so going back old school older designs a shirt that you'd see them show a kid in the front row wearing but you know that that kid received that shirt and was basically giving it to wear it on camera <laughs> and never wore it out in public Andre the Giant had a t-shirt. Oh, the, the, talking about the big hand. Yes, it was a white shirt <laughs> with a big red hand on the front and a big red footprint on the back. It was basically just his handprint and his footprint and Andre, you know, his autograph next to it. Simple. It's simple, <laughs> but shitty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even for like the t-shirts of the era. Yeah. Pretty bad pretty bad yeah the king kong bundy one i remember too was i never saw anyone wearing it but i see it in the catalog there is a there is a they brought out a king kong bundy action figure with that t-shirt and it was it was it's like it, him it's just like it was an image of king <laughs> yeah. kong bundy and instead of his singlet basically his singlet was made up of the words king kong bundy <laughs> yes <laughs> really terrible that would just pop to my head because it was in the same catalog as the andre so you're thinking it wasn't a big seller i'm thinking not <laughs> i'm thinking not not even king kong bundy would be caught dead wearing it <laughs> mike can we can we just get to it it's, okay it's not my worst hopefully i'm not stealing your thunder by saying it's the your worst I, we've we've gone negative here a little bit. The Val Venus T-shirt. We've talked about it. I think ad nauseum at this point on this podcast. Yes, we reviewed WrestleMania 2000, yes. I believe, where he actually wore it as a guest referee. Yeah, like I mean, how did that ever make it past the censors? Do you want to describe it? Uh, I'll let you. I'll let you do that. I uh, you know I I got to think about the things I do in my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's black T-shirt with white lettering, which we talked about here is a good thing. Yeah, sure. Yeah, but the white lettering. Is, is is marshmallow right no <laughs> it wasn't marshmallow it's not marshmallow fluff it was dripping it was it looked it was supposed to resemble something it's yogurt <laughs> I, I would hope so that would be my <laughs> hope but i think with val venus who is uh portrayed to be a pornographic actor <laughs> he's a public fornicator <laughs> <laughs> i think it would be they were thinking it was something else i'm not even sure what it said really uh it, it's i don't know like why why even during the attitude era like like why i would love to go i wish i could go back and find like a catalog to see if they had kid sizes in this shirt <laughs> and they, then they can swear up and down that they're that they weren't marketing to kids but yeah, it was you just know. letter. It was <laughs> spunk lettering. Let's just say it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I figured we just get it out of the way now. It's got to be on the worst list. But we have talked about it so much. You know, don't want to spend a ton of time on it. Right. Okay. Let's get away from WWF, WWE for just a second. Talk about one of the few great WCW T-shirt designs. We talked about the NWO. Uh, how about the Monday Jericho? Yep. Shirt? I had it on my list as well. I don't know if it was one of the first, but one of the first that I can think of, parody wrestling shirts. Yeah. Parody the WCW Monday Nitro logo. It did, yeah. So I guess an exception to 
to my rule now, but I think it, yes. you know he, he was calling it Monday, you know, Monday Night Jericho or Monday Jericho, whatever the hell he was calling it. But yeah, it's the WCW Monday Nitro logo. But it's Jer- yeah, it's great. It's on my list too. Great looking shirt, not one I would have personally worn, but it's still a great looking shirt. Another good one. This one from uh, later times. The well, I don't know if you call them the lean years, but the mid two thousands. A gentleman by the name of CM Punk. His shirt, the white ringer shirt with the, oh, the I don't know if it was black or yeah, red. Yeah, it was black, yeah. And, uh, I have it on my list as well. The shirt. best in the world shirt with the mock Chicago flag on the front with the, the hand grabbing the lightning bolt. That was a, a fabulous design, Brian. Fa- fabulous. <laughs> it was design. fabulous. Yeah, very good. I had I did have that on, on my list as well. Uh, well. We'll do a couple rapid fire here, Mike. Uh, before we get to our top ones, um, I, I think he's had so many. I think we'd be remiss not to mention a really good one and a really bad one. John Cena. I'm going to say my favorite John Cena shirt of all time that I've seen the pro wrestling parody. Yes, the, from the, 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 the Nintendo. The, the, yeah, the NES 8 bit John Cena parody shirt. Loved that. Yes. Loved that. I had that in my Just list as well. Uh, I, I, I had that game as a kid and. It brought back a lot of good memories. Uh, on on the on the bad side of the, of that, on the flip side of it, why the fuck did John Cena have a shirt that was a parody of the John Deere logo? <laughs> like, is that big in like uh, John Cena's world, or like what would somebody say? Like, you know what logo we need to parody with John Cena? John Deere. It's probably big here in New Hampshire. But it probably was. <laughs> <laughs> you know, not with me. I'm not a farmer, but yeah, I I, I don't uh, I don't get that one at all. I don't either. I agree with you there. One more I want to talk about as far as the worst goes. I don't want to rain on your parade here. Were you going to talk about the APA? Yeah. Yeah, that was going to be my, my worst one. Okay, I'll go with another one then. <laughs> well, do you want to just do our, our worst one? I mean, do you... We, okay, we'll, go, we'll just go, go to our it. worst ones, and we can talk about some good ones. We'll finish on positive note. Yeah, the APA, my number one, the worst shirt of all time, even worse than the dripping male bodily fluid shirt of Val Venus. APA, always pounding ass. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I get get what they're going for there. I, I, I'm going to say I don't think there was supposed to be a double entendre with it. Um, right, like I, I think it was supposed to be like, oh yeah, they kick ass, they pound ass. Yeah, but that's nobody would ever if like you're beating up somebody, nobody would ever say you're pounding ass. That uh, that references, uh, you know, something else. Yeah, I'm guessing this didn't cross uh, Bradshaw and Ron Simmons' desk. <laughs> I think this kind of got away from them and just kind of. <laughs> Showed up, maybe, or they thought it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, but yeah, APA always pounding ass. That's what it stands for. Nothing wrong with that, Brian. <laughs> no, that's, I mean, that's what you're into. <laughs> <laughs> so my worst. Okay, we talked about the Attitude Era. A lot of things getting thrown against the wall. A lot of designs that uh, did well. Some did not do well. This one. Represented the ninth wonder of the world, China. She had a shirt. Well, one was a shirt that said China Syndrome, which I'm not sure what that even meant. <laughs> but there was another shirt that said VA dash China. Oh, boy. The China. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> I, I you don't didn't, know. You didn't own this one, you're saying? I did not own this one. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Seems like something I should get, but it just didn't. You didn't think, well, you mean, as a single fella, you know, uh, what, in your 20s probably back then? You didn't think, like... Coming out know, to the club? Yeah. With your <laughs> vagina shirt. <laughs> I, I got my flannel shirt on over it, unbuttoned, and just a vagina underneath <laughs> yeah i think i think you would have done you know i think you would have done well for yourself <laughs> i would I, I don't i don't think so but <laughs> this shirt i don't know how it got made it was i mean i don't think it's quite as egregious as the always pounding ass but vagina i'm not sure what they were going for we have a lot of like really vulgar shirts on our list apparently apparently we don't like uh I, I mean, and I'm not like, you know, I'm not overly sensitive to things like that, but just like, I don't know, this is shit you're supposed to wear in public. It's supposed to be like a fun thing. Like if you're just, if you're just being over the top with cursing or sexuality or something like that, like to me, that's not like, that's not creative. It's just stupid. Right. I've never worn a shirt with like the F word on it or anything no, like that. It no. just, I don't know. I just never felt comfortable. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm a grown person. I don't, right. you know, like, hey, whatever. But you're, you're, you're when you're going on public, like, even I've worn my fair share of silly things, or, um, and I'm certainly not the snazziest dresser. Like, I'm a very, very much a jeans and t-shirt sort of guy. But uh, yeah, just to to have something like that's just that over the top. Like, I, 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 I don't understand why they produce it. I don't understand why people bought it. No. And let's go to our best. All right. Our well, very well. favorite t-shirt designs of all time. Let me start. I'll give you... You know where I'm going. I'll Mike. give Just, you... I mean, but there's a couple I think we still have to mention, so... I, 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 do, I, do I know where you're going? Do I think I know where you're going? Are we, are we choosing the two guys <laughs> who led eras of wrestling? I don't think... No. I, no. I, I'm not going with what you're thinking. I'm oh, going to go okay. with... One of the rivals of one of the guys who led wrestling. Okay. Similar to the CM Punk shirt, it was a white shirt with a ringer shirt, if you will. Mm-hmm. And it I was own this shirt. it was the shirt that's parodied uh, again. It is these days by a current person on the WWE roster. But the original Rowdy Roddy Piper Hot Rod shirt is just can't be beat. No, and it's I mean it's. As re- referenced by the fact that they've essentially found a way to bring it back <laughs> with with Ronda Rousey, right? And, it, and it's selling like gangbusters. Why? Because it's a great design. It's still for sale uh, everywhere now on WWE. I'm pretty sure it's also on. Um, it must be again. Some of these designs must just be owned by the fellas, or there are in P- Piper's case, his estate. But you you don't you didn't like the Panther shirt. I didn't. I didn't mind that it wasn't quite as bold. I think as the as the hot rod. Yeah, the hot rod chart is great. I I own it. It's it's you know one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. But that t shirt. I mean, when you think of Roddy Piper, that's that's what you think of. And plus, a guy who actually wore his t shirt all the time coming he down did. to the ring, as opposed to Macho Man we talked about earlier. You didn't really see him much in the shirt. But there's no better way to sell the t shirt than by wearing it all the time on TV. 100%. My turn now, Mike? Yes. I'm cheating, by the way, now, since because there's there's one that we have to mention. So I'm, I'm, I have a 1 and a 1A. There you go. <laughs> and they're probably... Expect nothing less from you, Brian. <laughs> Usually this is what you do. Yes. <laughs> but the first one I'm going to mention here, I'm, I'm going to save the best for last, or at least my opinion, the oh, best Jesus, for last. I know. But, I mean, 
we cannot do a best t-shirt list without talking about the Austin 316 shirt. I mean, it's the hottest selling t-shirt in the history of pro wrestling. The amount, I mean, you listen, I know you're not a big fan of the Bruce Pritchard podcast, but when you listen to him talk about it, the amount of t-shirts that they were selling was just, you know, they didn't know what the hell to to do with it. They, they were just moving so many of these damn things. Um, it was, the, you know, it was the, you know, you see all the Bullet Club t-shirts now. Well, that's what the Austin t-shirt was, except for much, much larger numbers. You had 20,000-seat arenas where every person was wearing a damn Austin 316 shirt. Every person that I knew besides me that liked wrestling had an Austin 316 t-shirt. Um, they brought out different versions of it, but the original, the classic, the best, just the black and white Austin 316. Did you have one, Mike? I did not have one. I didn't really own a lot of wrestling shirts because I was kind of close to the business oh, by then. You were a pretty hip dude. I was. <laughs> but And the thing about the Austin shirt was it's so simple, a three-year-old could have done it. <laughs> if I was designing a t-shirt, I would have overthought it. Like, who would ever pick that font <laughs> for Austin 316? I never in a million years would have picked that font. Who would, who that would ever font. analyze that font? <laughs> I, 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 me. <laughs> me, obviously. But just the so simple. And I think the back really helps, too, with the, the skull, with the stone cold kind of stamped into the forehead. And I would almost say, I'm sure it didn't sell quite as much. But the red version of the Austin 316 with the blood from the stone yeah. on the back with the, uh, again, that was the other one. That's one of the other ones I'm referencing. Again, yeah. going against my showing the guy's face, but it was the <laughs> the shot of Austin bleeding from WrestleMania 13. Was it mm-hmm. the match with Bret Hart where he passed out from blood loss? That image said, and it's his blood from a stone. That you know was the sequel to the original Austin 316 shirt, and that was a great design as well. Yeah, they found ways to sell the same shirt to the to, <laughs> to the same people who bought the first one. I guarantee you, there's people who have every version of the damn Austin 316 shirt. But just uh, later on, I remember the the black with and it had like the gold like kind of trim on it. Do you remember this Austin 316 version? No, it was more like heel Austin. Uh, but it was a uh, yeah, it was a later Austin three sixteen shirt. But so they probably found ways to sell you know four, five, six different versions of the same damn T shirt to all these people. But the original, the best one, great T shirt design, uh, and probably you know probably the hottest selling T shirt in the history of of pro wrestling. But not my number one. That's my one A. Yeah, number here we one. Go. Come on, it's got to be here. We go, little Brian Malonis. <laughs> it's got to be Hulkamania. I mean, I absolutely. You mean the blue shirt with the Hulkamania? With the, <laughs> no, not the, the bricks. No, not no, the, not that one. Come on, the, either the, the red or the yellow. Take your pick. I mean, the, in my mind, it's the it's the yellow one. I mean, Hulk Hogan also had that. I mean, I could have gone Hulk Rules too. Yeah. I mean, Hulk Rules is another very very memorable T-shirt. That was the, yeah. the original Hulkamania. I mean, how many of these things did Hulk Hogan rip off and throw out and to, to crowds? Uh, it was part of the fabric of what made Hulk Hogan Hulk Hogan, the ripping off of his T-shirt. You want to talk about something iconic? The T-shirt ripping is is completely, you know, it's, it's iconic. It was part of what, you know, part of the things you remember from Hulk Hogan in his prime. Probably the third shirt I bought was a Hulkamania tank top, which I never wore and I never wanted to, to rip because, you know, you can't, you, you're tempted. You see Hulk Hogan ripping his shirt off. That's probably part of the 
reason that it would sell so much is that the kids would put the shirt on and automatically <laughs> want to be like Hulk Hogan and rip the shirt and then have to go buy another one. You know, you know what I'm genius. Really, you know what I'm really mad about now when I went to see Bruce Pritchard live? I should have asked him. Who the hell always was the one that cut the Hulk, Hulkster's t-shirts? Was it the Hulkster? Or did somebody else cut those t-shirts up for him? I always wonder that now. Do you think they were cut or... Because I mean, the one I, I bought... Came. The one you bet was a tank top. Yeah. But the, the ones that Hogan always had clearly looked like it was a t-shirt. But that no, they, it that wasn't like cut. a it wasn't like a tank top. Like it looked like a tank top. It, it was like you know jagged lines and stuff around the arms and stuff like that. It was a little thicker. No, I don't know. Maybe maybe they were manufactured, but I I always thought they looked cut to me. But um, yeah, I think it's. I, I mean, think it was like a more stretchy material too. To, to me, the it's the most iconic shirt in in wrestling history. I mean, it's definitely on the list. It's on the Mount Rushmore, if you will, of Indeed. wrestling t-shirts. All and right. There's, there's a few, and I'm sure there's a few more that we missed. And let us know out there. Yeah, there's. I mean, I have more on my friggin' list that we didn't get to, and uh, there's. I mean, there's a million more that I didn't even put on my list. So. So let us know at the WPAN on Twitter. Let us know your take on this week's episode. Let us know what we're missing, what we left off of the best wrestling t-shirts, and, of course, the worst pieces of garbage out there in terms of wrestling merchandise. Let us know at the WPAN. Use the hashtag WPAN as well. And plus, call the voicemail line. We will get your voice on this show. Call 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN. Before we move on with the show, I want to talk about Booking the Territory, the unprofessional wrestling podcast with Mike Mills, Harbody Harper, Doc Turner. They're talking about Smoky Mountain Wrestling on Sundays and the old WCW Saturday Night Show on Thursdays. Check out MikeMills.Podbean.com for Booking the Territory. So much going on over there on that feed. Check that out. Plus, our Vantage Point, the retro wrestling podcast. That's another old school podcast with Joe Murata and Michael Quinn. A great time over there each and every week. OVPpodcast.com is where you can find more information on the retro wrestling podcast known as Our Vantage Point. Two great friends of ours. Thank you very much to them for their support of the wrestling podcast about nothing. Greetings from Allentown with PW, Peter Winson. He really wanted the t-shirt thing to win. He thought you would uh, plug your own shirt a little <laughs> bit more. I did, oh, I, I did a couple times. But you didn't say it was one of the best designs in wrestling. Well, I mean, that wouldn't be fair yet. It hasn't had a chance to really pick up steam yet. You know, I mean, we're talking a year from now, but it's probably on top of the list. Okay. So speaking of stuff that's on top of the list, Greg's from Allentown is at the top of my podcast list. He talks about a single episode of wrestling television each and every week, puts his own special spin on it. He's a special kind of guy. Peter Winson, greetings from Allentown. And the Rundown Wrestling Podcast with Jason Stewart, Adam Salzer, and all the rest. Check out Rundown Wrestling Podcast. That feed has got stuff going on all week long, so subscribe and enjoy. Brian Malonis. This is your segment, kid. <laughs> we introduced it last week in the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. I'm not sure what we're going to call it. What do you think? Uh, Kingpin's Christmas Corner? What are we going to do here? I don't know. That's not really inclusive, calling it Christmas, Mike. So, oh, pardon you know, me. Um, very progressive and inclusive. So, you know, we invite people celebrating all sorts of holidays, or if you don't celebrate holidays, let's just talk about some stuff that are related to wrestling in the holiday season. How about that? Let's do it. All right. So, this one, Mike. Um, I want to focus on some really weird shit. Okay. So every year WWE does it. 
like I, I'm just I guess I'm using them as an example because they're just a mass producer of all things marching dice. Uh, and the weirdest thing to me every single year is the litany of holiday themed merchandise that that they come out with year after year after year after year. Um, you know what I'm talking about? Kind of. Kind Why don't you of. give me an example? Okay, I'll give you an example. So one example, Mike, is one thing I think is great are the, the Hallmark ornaments, which WWE does take part in that. So they, those ones are fine. You know, I, I think on the tree over there, I have a Macho Man and, and a Rock, and it might be an Austin I'm on my tree over there. But the, like the Hallmark ones that are just like the actual guy, mm-hmm. no problem with those. Those are fine. Characters, you know, we have other characters on our tree. The ones that I find are strange, though, is WWE is taken to making gingerbread version ornaments of their superstars. Gingerbread ornaments. So you can have a gingerbread Brock Lesnar, for example, to put on your tree. Like so a gingerbread man. It's not edible. Nope. It's a, it's a Christmas ornament. It, it is shaped like a gingerbread person, but has some sort of special... Characteristic of the... Yeah. There's He's a wearing a Brock Lesnar, t-shirt. a Roman Reigns, a Finn Balor, an Undertaker, a John Cena. I'm going to have to see these. Look them up. They're they're all right. We'll put those on. They're freaking weird. The Twitter. So you, you know what I mean now. Yes. All right. Do, do you have did anything come to mind for you? A, a story comes to mind that's not quite related, but I remember being at a WWE house show. Or it might have been a TV taping actually. I was remember being at a WWE show, probably eight years ago at this point, eight to ten years ago. And do you remember they used to have the t-shirt cannons yeah and they shoot them out to the crowd and all the kids would go crazy <laughs> for yes. them i do i know the story too I'm so sure. it was <laughs> the middle of the summer it was like july or something like that and we we're hanging out and they're shooting the t-shirt cannons and one comes sailing right towards me a little high i jump up i miss it jump jump up knock over uh, an elderly woman uh a in three children perhaps <laughs> but i miss it and it goes into the row behind me and i think it was still someone that i was friendly with that i was there with that was that got the t-shirt so this woman opened you know it it is folded into like this kind of like almost like a bullet so so we can fire out of the thing so it, she opens it up and the t-shirt Remember, this is July. The T-shirt is the WWE Seasons Greetings shirt. <laughs> sure was a big seller. So, so such a hot seller, they're giving them away for free in July. They're really looking to get rid of them. But yeah, why would you produce a WWE Seasons Greetings shirt? Who would wear that voluntarily? Who would purchase that? That's that's it. Who's purchasing this shit? I mean, I'm sure somebody did, but they they gotta have some shirts that just sold absolutely like none. Like you know, like they've produced so many. Like they, I figure that's a season's greetings WWE shirt has to be on the top of that, on the top of that list. That's the type of shit I'm talking about, Mike. The weird shit. Uh, the next item I'll go to isn't isn't holiday per se, but more of a season. So it's out this time of year. Uh, the UGG style boots that they produce for all sorts of different wrestlers. Uh, you know, again, I, they you, do. Yeah, Undertaker, Alexa Bliss. I saw Sasha Banks, AJ Styles, Roman Reigns. Like the UGG style boots with these people's logo on them, and these are adult sizes. These aren't like kid size, you know, boots. Like, who the hell is buying these things? And I never really got into the whole 
ugly sweater thing. I mean, I understand it's like fun for one day a year when you go <laughs> yeah. to like the the holiday party I at have work. I a festivist sweater that I wear at work. Yeah, that's that's you wear it one day a year. But is it worth the purchase to buy like a? I mean, friend of ours, like a, a Sasha Banks legit Christmas boss. No, but what about what about a Mark Briscoe? All I want for Christmas is my three front teeth one. <laughs> <laughs> they sell that that's available yes i'm gonna make an exception for that <laughs> that, that one is tremendous <laughs> but yeah i never really got into the ugly sweater thing even for one day a year it's i don't think it's just not worth it's the purchase the litany of people they produce them for it's not just like you know the top stars it's you know the most obscure guy on the roster gets one there's like a jack gallagher you know one probably so, all right, I got, I got a couple more things, Mike. I won't go on too long with this. Uh, one of them, just because these are the weirdest looking things I've ever seen. And wh- again, why the hell would you? Who's buying this shit? Yeah. WWE nutcrackers. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, why? Is there a demand for this? Is somebody like clamoring for, you know, WWE themed nutcrackers? I mean, the most disturbing one is the John Cena one, which for some odd reason has like the traditional nutcracker face but it has just all john cena paraphernalia decked out fully in it you know uh and then there's a rock one that's actually the rock and the nutcracker is in like his belly like the nutcracker piece or lower no i i checked it's above above his trunks all right very strange item so and, and we'll go one last thing mike okay santa hats now they produce these things every single year it's a little weird to me, but yeah, I guess I get, I, you know, if it's John Cena or Roman Reigns or some of these top guys, but uh, a couple of the weird ones I saw, they had the Bella Twins hat. You think you'd wear around a Bella Twins Santa Claus hat? Well, even Santa sometimes has to go Brie mode. <laughs> All right, how about this? How about the certified G <laughs> Santa hat? You found that in the discount <laughs> section, two ninety nine. <laughs> and and my favorite one, one that uh, I'd love to see somebody wearing. It's the Christmas holiday. They're passing out gifts with their kids. Christmas music's playing. Hot cocoa, the whole nine yards. Wearing a hat that says Ambrose Unstable. <laughs> why what is the need for this stuff and who the hell is buying it it can't be selling well every year like by you know as soon as the new year hits it's it's all marked down to like basically giving it away like why are they producing this shit they can't be making money on it right i mean the christmas stuff like they can't be no, and you've kind of come around the horn here with wrestling merchandise yes. from, you know, in general to the holiday specific merchandise, and we'll do more next week, right? You're going to come yes. up with another segment. Yeah, we'll have another, we'll another holiday-themed segment. All right, well, we'll look forward to that, and it's time for this week's promo about nothing. But before we get to that, you are hitting the highways and byways, crisscrossing this great nation of ours, plying your trade, Brian, as a professional wrestler, and it is time for you to give us them dates. Yes, Mike. Friday night. This Friday night. Oh, my goodness. Can't believe it. This Friday night, December the 14th, Ring of Honor's final battle, the biggest pay-per-view of the year. Not sure what I'll be doing, but me and the Bruiser will be in the house 
in the big city, the bouncers in the big city. The very next day, we already talked about it a little bit, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, 2300 Arena. Before the show, come meet and greet the bouncers at the bar. During the show, watch the bouncers kick ass. I think it's pretty easy. ROHwrestling.com for ticket and full card information. Or uh, if you're so inclined for on December 14th, Final Battle is on traditional pay-per-view and on Honor Club. So check it out on there, ROHwrestling.com. December the 16th, Mike, I'll be heading to Bethany, Connecticut for Northeast Wrestling's The Fight Before Christmas. I'll be taking on the Wrecking Ball Ligurski, northeastwrestling.com, for full ticket and card information. Oh, my God, we're getting into the new year, Mike. It's January, and that means I'll re- be returned to Chaotic Wrestling in the new year, January the 4th. It's in Woburn, Massachusetts. Uh, I, I make my triumphant return to Chaotic Wrestling. Uh, and then, Mike, January the 12th, 2019, this is getting crazy, uh, Ring of Honor, Center Stage uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm heading back to Bad Street, one there of your go. favorite T-shirts. Uh, and then the very next day at the Caribus Arena and Event Center. This is in North Carolina. Um, Ring of Honors. Uh, it's, a, it's an Honor Club event, so you'll be able to stream it live. Mike, I know you watch all my appearances live on Honor Club. Certainly do. <laughs> and is this your first time in North Carolina? Uh, yeah, yeah, it will, it, it will be. So very excited. But yeah, that's it, Mike. We'll stop, we'll stop there. I know we probably ran long on the T-shirt bit, but uh, yeah, good things coming. All right. Well, if you want to book the Kingpin in 2019, email Brian Malonis at Comcast.net. I'm not available on March 30th, though, because, you know, Astromania and whatnot. Got something going on and more to come on that big event. You can DM him on Twitter if you want to try to contact the Kingpin regarding bookings at Brian Malonis. All right, Brian, this promo about nothing is from the year 1992. And uh, I set all these rules like I did for the shirts, and I broke them. And I'm breaking my rule for the promo about nothing as well. I try to keep away from the independent promotions, but again, couldn't help myself. This promo about nothing is from the IWF, that's Killer Kowalski's International Wrestling Federation. My goodness, I'm, I'm interested to see this. And in this promo, let us hear from one man known as Terra Rising. Oh, is Vito Carlucci with him? Along with, yes, <laughs> the one and only Vito Carlucci. This week's promo about nothing. With Terra Rising and his manager, Vito Carlucci, wrestling for the IWF Heavyweight Championship tonight. Now let me tell you something, Middleborough. Let me tell you something. Everyone that's watching, <laughs> I've been with the rest and I've gone out and found the best. Terrorizing right here. Look at this man. Take off this roof. I can show these people something right here. Six feet, five inches, 277 pounds. There's not an ounce of body fat on the man. Let me tell you something. This man, I've searched long and I've searched hard. I've been going for a championship for a long time. I've been waiting. I've been waiting for the right person to take to the top of the IWF ladder. And guess what? <laughs> Mad Dog Richard, meet Terrorizing. Tell him, baby. Mad Dog, it's about time you finally signed your name on the dotted line to me terrorizing. This man got it done. And tonight, in front of Middlebow and the entire world, you go down, baby. Terrorizing, taking it home. Let me tell you something, Mad Dog Richard, you listen to Vito Carlucci and you listen good, buddy. But it's time myself and Terrorizing get through with you. <laughs> You're gonna be just like Dracula's elevator, baby. Think about it. You're going down for the count. <laughs> Middleborough, lock up your doors. I'm coming to your town. They better pray when I'm around. 
Doesn't sound like no idle threats to me. Back to you guys. Now, the first question I have, Mike. Yes? Were you in attendance at this show? I was. <laughs> I had a feeling. And I recorded the match. I have that somewhere on tape. Did, were you recording this promo? No. Oh. No. That, that was like some sort of... Uh, every now and then, they just have like the local cable access show in the town would end up doing promos with people and stuff like that. But I was there just uh, independently of that, just recording the show on my own. So Vito Carlucci, now known, uh, better known as Radio DJ Scorch. Yes, indeed. He and managed me <laughs> in the MWF. He did. He did very, very briefly. And he told me all about this and. How uh, he was going to get signed by the WWE, but he got a, he hurt his knee. Yeah, that's I've <laughs> that's everybody's that story, well. right? I, yes. <laughs> and the funny thing is that Vito Carlucci managed him very briefly. He managed him in this match where he won from Mad Dog Richard. Spoiler alert from 1992. He did search long and hard. He did. <laughs> <laughs> He left Hall of Famer in the making, Vito <laughs> Carlucci. He and he, uh, yeah, he won the International Wrestling Federation Championship on this night. Triple H's first championship. Well, spoiler, terrorizing is went on to become Triple H. He won his first title that night from Mad Dog Richard. And I recall that after this match, which went twenty something minutes and was not good, right after. Triple H went through the door. It wasn't like a big entrance like you have these days. It was just you into the door to the locker room after the match. Walter Kowalski screaming at Triple H <laughs> at terrorizing about how terrible the match was. <laughs> you were witness to this. I, I bet, yeah, I was right there. I was like, well, I was sitting on the bleachers because I just recorded the match, but yeah. the you know the door was right underneath me kind of yes <laughs> so yeah he was yelling at him just how terrible the match but i mean the guy was less than a year in months in at this point and walter had this way like he wanted these 20 30 minute matches out of these guys who weren't ready and mad dog rashad was an older gentleman uh, hefty and couldn't really move around the ring so it just wasn't a good matchup, and it was not great. But <laughs> this no, you, promo. Were you buddies with Triple H? I mean, were you like, were you interacting with him a lot? Were you? Not really. No? <laughs> no. Okay. I would interact with the, the man who would become his manager, John Rodeo. And uh, that that's kind of what sucks about this is because this promo got out there where Vito Carlucci is terrorizing his manager. And after this, John basically managed him his entire time on the indies until he got signed by WCW. Which wasn't a terribly long time, right? No. Is uh, I think it was late 93, early 94. So he was around for like a year and a half. See, if you would have schmoozed a little more, you know, you might not be here right now doing this podcast. No. Instead, I was <laughs> just uh, had my face hidden behind the video camera. Too afraid to go talk to another human being. I'm exactly. Sure. <laughs> so... Uh, Vito Carlucci wants to tell you something. We got that out of this, <laughs> which was like a staple of like 80s this, promos. This like the most standard. Let me tell you something. Yeah. This was the most standard just heel manager promo. Like, you know, I've been searching for the, for the best or I had the rest and whatever. The, however the hell that stupid saying goes. But, you know, just just, yeah, the most standard heel promo of all time. He's like Dracula's elevator, baby. That's that's a line <laughs> down for the count. I know, no, no, knowing him, not 
terribly well, but enough. I've worked with them enough to to know like, and, and then just a lot of times when guys come up with lines like this, they just think it's the most clever goddamn thing that nobody's ever heard before. You really think he came up with this line? <laughs> well, you came up with it for him? No, no. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm sure you saw it somewhere, heard it somewhere, read it in a book. True. Very true. So the awkward thing, I feel really bad for the, the host from the Cable Access do you know channel. This, do you know that guy? No. Oh, but I gosh. feel really bad because he's got the microphone. He you know, he asks the question. Uh, Vito Carlucci Scorch rips the microphone from him. So the entire time he's standing there awkwardly with his hands by his side as these two <laughs> guys are yelling at the camera yeah that was like the one that's always you know wrestling school that's like one of the first things we teach is don't take the microphone from the interviewer when there's an interviewer unless the that's the plan and they're getting out of the ring because yeah. otherwise just stand there with the dick in the hand <laughs> <laughs> which is essentially what this guy did <laughs> with his uh nice tight jeans <laughs> nothing wrong with that i didn't really notice and uh what do you think about the rhyme that terrorizing had what was it at the end Lock up your daughters when I come your way, and you better pray. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Middleborough, Massachusetts. Middleborough. The home Ma- of Ric Fuller. Yes, and Ric Fuller was on the show. Sure he was. And he powerbombed the hell out of John Rodale. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't go well you for Get some of these shows and throw them up on YouTube. There's nobody to sue you for copyright anymore. Yeah, I, gotta, th- I have access to be able to digitize, but I haven't done it yet. Yeah, why don't you do it? We have a YouTube channel. Let's get some hits. Yeah, yeah. Let's make some freaking money. Let's make some You got some good shit there that we can make money on. All right. We'll have to. And, no, uh, and nobody to contest it. <laughs> no. Well, I think Rick, Rick Lennon's uh, stuff got taken down by WWE. Some of the Triple H stuff. Really? They uh, have no copyright. At, to, yeah. I don't, I don't know that. how or why, but. Screw them. Yeah. F them. So uh, thank you. I want to thank Julian Starr because he was the one who first pointed this promo out to me. And it, this past week kind of uh, caught fire online. I think David Bixenspan, at David Bix on Twitter, he posted it and got a lot of play. A lot of people uh, saying that uh, they wanted to use Dracula's Elevator on their promos in the indies over the weekend. <laughs> not sure if anyone was able to do that. Oh, let's hope not. <laughs> okay. You heard this promo about nothing. You heard you heard the rest. Now you're the best. <laughs> <laughs> if you want the full picture, find the link to the video in the description of this episode or at the WPAN.com. All right. We'll be back right here next Monday for episode 139 of the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. Till then, he is the Kingpin Brian Malonis. I'm Mike Crockett. Big ups to Mucko, and thanks for nothing. <laughs>